You're listening to the Give Me Five Podcast, episode 103. That is 103. Woo! 103. is the Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. We talk about pop culture, nostalgia, movies, music, and occasionally theme parks. My name is Gangrenous Greg, and I am joined by Rotten Rob. Woo! And Ghostly Jimmy. Ooh. Who is not actually here because he's ghosting us, thus his name. No alliteration on the Ghostly Jimmy thing, just true. He doesn't get the effort. Yeah. This week, we've got Joker, and it's going to have a little bit of a, a call-in from our British correspondent, the previously mentioned Ghostly Jimmy, who is in London. Did you say England? In London, not England. England would be kind of cool, but I said in London. It, it sounded like you started to say England and then said London. But he is our British correspondent for the day. He is... He saw Joker. He was he was touched by Joker in all of his naughty bits. He was touched, and he decided to write or do record a little thing for us. We're also briefly going to talk about a book called A Night in the Lonesome October by Roger Zelazny. Rob, do you know of this book? No, actually. Something I just learned about the other day, and I started reading it, so I wanted to chat about it. Uh, and then another little bit of delightful 80s horror. This features malls. Boobs and yes, guys I'm in. trying to get laid. Also, boobs. Oh, and there's also lots of feathered hair and tank tops. But it is Chopping Mall. Yes. A movie that I picked purely about because of its VHS cover. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, after we get done, we're going to come up with this week's top five list relating to our topics. Excellent. So, guys, as always, this is a review show. There will probably be spoilers. We'll try to avoid any major twists, but let's face it, if you haven't seen a movie from the 80s already, screw you. Yeah. The Joker, <laughs> that's where we, we might have some spoiler problems. I listened to Jimmy's review. It's a little less spoilery, mm -hmm. and then I will probably chime in afterwards. It might be more spoilery. Rob, you have not seen it yet. I'm not sure if you plan on it. I, have, I might, I have I might usher you away upon me talking, but we'll see. Okay. And... I guess we got to start off the show, the Jimmy-free show that is mostly about Jimmy, shaming him, because Jimmy gave the wrong name last week for ACP Pro's track. For shame, Jimmy. ACP Pro gave us an awesome show open. It had music. It had. It was just better than anything we could have ever done, and Jimmy said, Wolves and Ravens, instead of Ravens and Wolves, the name of their track that you can buy and should buy on Bandcamp, amongst other places. As our punishment, first of all, uh, we'll, we'll do the, the shame. 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 Okay. So that's the first part of his punishment. The second one is he's going to have to write the words ravens and wolves on a chalkboard about a hundred times while Rob throws shoes at his scrotum. Ooh, that sounds like that could be fun. Yeah. How's your shoe throwing ability? It's okay. You don't like scrotum chancleta. Gotta get some good curve, some speed. But he did actually, he was the one that let me know about this. So he did send this in. So we've got a lot of Jemmy via recording. So let's, let's check this out real quick. Before you guys have the chance to shame me, ha ha, we well, did shame go you. Ahead. Too late, we I got you. I want to issue an apology to our friends at ACP Pro. I incorrectly identified the latest track from them as Wolves and Ravens. That track is Ravens and Wolves. Guys, don't hate me. I love you. He's very loving. He is. I actually did not find any news this week. Is there anything that sprung to mind for you? Not... Now, whoa, actually, no, there was one that was on the news, especially here in Orlando. The um, the Disney Skyliner 
has crashed. That happened while that happened while we were recording, talking about the Disney Skyliner. By the way, the Disney Skyliner has crashed, and people were all like, "Oh, it was it was a nightmare. It was terrible. I was frightened for my life. I was so scared." I was like, "Really?" I mean, I saw the picture. They just kind of piled up on each other. Like, come on, really? Yeah, it didn't look scratched or damaged or dented or yeah. So did they figure out why or what happened or any of that stuff? I, I haven't heard. I haven't seen anything. I don't know that Disney released any of the details, but of course, you know, people are like, I'm suing. Oh, of course. Well, there were um, three people that I'm saying were sent to the hospital, but they were not sent to the hospital. They requested to go to the hospital. Of course, so that they could sue. Yeah. Uh, although people were stuck in the non-moving things for a couple hours, which you guys did say on the episode would be kind of uncomfortable, but it was also nighttime. Mm hmm. So that that mitigated some of the uh, some of the oven light qualities. Yeah. Yep, I did see that. Not a lot of entertainment news, but I think we can jump right into a snap decision because I have one. Ooh, it's been a while. Do tell. So Martin Scorsese is in the news a lot recently. He does have a movie coming out called The Irishman. And of course, as you know, you always hear these names pop up, not just him, but everybody pop up whenever they got a, a big movie coming out. Right. And they'll do some interview with some magazine or something and they'll say something and it's like, oh, controversial. Right. Okay. So Martin Scorsese, when talking about the new world of films, which basically is pretty much dominated by Disney and to a lesser extent, Universal and some of those other things, other big studios, they asking about the Marvel movies in the Marvel universe. He says, I don't see them. This is his exact, exact quote. I don't see them. I tried, you know, but it's not cinema, he said. Honestly, the closest I can think of them, as well-made as they are, with actors doing the best they can under the circumstances, is theme parks. It isn't the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional, psychological experiences to another human being. So, what do you have to say to Martin Scorsese? Do you agree that Marvel movies are not cinema just because they are not, and this is his words, conveying emotional, psychological stuff? All right, so I I have to disagree with with Mr. Scorsese here a little bit. I mean, to me, this just sounds like somebody taking themselves way too seriously and being super high on what they do. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but the idea that nobody else can produce any cinema unless it's that artsy crap that you always put out is just asinine. I mean, because the the Avengers movies definitely, to me, convey an emotional and physical, uh, emotional and psychological emotions and experiences through their movies. And to say that, that they don't accomplish anything just because you haven't produced them or because they're, they're not artsy by your definition is just stupid. I mean, come on, Martin, don't be a moron. I found this very interesting. Not, I, I agree with you in this case, Rob, but I find it very interesting considering who he came up with. Like he came up with people like Spielberg and Lucas mm -hmm. who some like Spielberg has gone off to do some artsy stuff like Amistad, but for the most part, he got big on something like a Jaws. The other thing is one of the problems I've had in the past with Martin Scorsese's work is very similar to something you've mentioned. And that is the idea of movies that glorify crime, just like you talked about with, um, true crime stuff. And while a lot of people were like, oh, this is brilliant filmmaking. This is uh, the best filmmaker out there. It took me a while to get into his stuff. And I, so hearing a criticism of something that I felt very accessible and very emotionally connected to was a little jarring at the time. Right. So I wasn't necessarily offended, but at the same time, I was like, I don't really agree. I mean, I don't know that I would say I was offended, but I mean, I think I think it's stupid. I mean, I think he's dumb for saying it, but I think it's people forgetting where they're from. You know, where, where he started. Now, I don't know if he's done any what you would consider popcorn flicks, but he's definitely done a lot of movies about disaffected males, like Taxi Driver, um, King of Comedy, and both of those movies are. It's also very weird that he said all this stuff the same week that a uh, comic book movie based on a lot of his past works comes out obviously the joker so we'll see how that pans out uh, now one of i guess our favorites uh, samuel jackson 
did chime in on this. Nick Fury to the, to the rescue again. Mm-hmm. He said, I mean, it's like saying Bugs Bunny ain't funny. Films are films. Everybody who doesn't like his stuff either. Samuel Jackson. <laughs> right. He managed to do that without swearing. There's also some Florida news. Oh, is there now? Now, do you remember the story a few years back of the senator? It was the uh, one of the oldest trees in America that got burnt down. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this was one of the oldest trees in America. How old was it? Well, this tree was so old, it actually went to bed before Jimmy does. Oh, 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 oh. that's what you get for not being here, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this tree, uh, it was 125 feet tall, and a woman uh, in January of 2012 named, I'm just going to say her name. She's been convicted. Sarah Barnes. She used to like sitting inside of the tree because she liked the way the wind would blow like down the top of the tree. Uh-huh. And she would, of course, sit in there and do what all of us do when we're hanging out inside of a tree, and that's smoke meth. Oh, sweet. Well, the breeze was a little too strong all these years ago, and she decided to light up some kindling to warm herself up and ended up burning the tree down. So 3,500 years gone, meth addict sent to jail. Well... That was 2012. She is in the news again. Oh, God. What'd she do now? According to Seminole County Sheriff's Office, the hardworking people of the Seminole County Sheriff's Office, Barnes, now 33 years old, and definitely looking like someone that's been doing meth for several years, because <laughs> she, went, she went from looking like maybe a sort of attractive actress playing a meth addict to looking like an actual meth addict. Okay. Uh, they found 22 grams of meth hidden in the washing machine of her Altamont Springs home. She also found another 16 grams in a plastic drawer in her bedroom. Wow. Uh, she, in her infinite wisdom, told the investigators that she does not sell a lot of meth, but she does just she sells just enough to be able to afford to buy some for herself. Wow. So, yeah. Uh, she got five years of probation instead of a 30-month sentence, and it turns out that that apparently didn't work. Very well. She's currently in Seminole County Jail. $25,000 bond. Court date set for November 12th. So, good job, meth lady. Yay, meth. No, no, it's not yay, meth. I don't oh, think that's the way it works. Sorry. Yeah. Well, let's move on to our topics. Let's, yes. <laughs> let's do this. So, this is interesting out there, listeners. We are, we switched to a new recording type. It's going to either be a good thing or a bad thing for tonight because there's some crazy stuff going on with their other recording system. And so, but this one actually has video. So I'm looking at Rob giving me double fingers. Oh, now he's sucking on his middle fingers. He he has yawned three times while I was talking. And so we'll see what happens. He cannot see me. So I could be doing just about anything to him. Oh, and you are in my imagination. Yeah. So the first thing I want to talk about this I think you might actually find this interesting, Rob. I was I was about to fall asleep the other night, and I saw this article on, I think it was io9 website or something like that, and it mentioned b- books that are actually scary. Okay. And one of them was a book called The Night in the Lonesome October. There is nothing scarier than what I'm being forced to see right now. <laughs> and Night in the Lonesome October, it was written by Ro- uh, Roger Zelazny, who's a sci-fi writer. Uh, okay. In 1993, and it was the last book written, I think, before he died in 1995. And it's a 32-chapter-long book that it's written like a journal. So it's first person, and it is written by a dog named Snuff, who is... The, wait, by, the dog wrote it? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it is seen through the eyes of the dog named Snuff. So, oh, okay. And, <laughs> oh, but, so. it, but, it's, but it is written as if the dog wrote it. Okay. All right. So it's written from the perspective of the dog. Yes, but it's also written as a journal. So that it is written or the dog is saying I and me and stuff like that. Right. Right. Snuff is Jack the Ripper's dog. Okay. And it's a mystery that is heavily influenced by Mary Shelley and Bram Stoker and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle and, and H.P. Lovecraft. And just a quick rundown of the plot. It basically tells the tale of this game where a bunch of the occult minded writers and people get together and they go to a location on any it's on a Halloween night that has a full moon and, and everything is the, the realms are close. You, you know, that story a lot. They do yeah. that a lot. We're like they're the, raising the dead. Yeah. Like the, the fabric between the realms is thin at its thinnest point. Right. 
And some occult pr- practitioners, they, they want to keep the realm, the gate closed. Other ones want to open it, and they play a game to see who wins. So the competitors this year are the Count, who's Dracula, of course, Jack the Ripper, the Good Doctor, who is Dr. Frankenstein, uh, a guy named Larry Talbot, who's the Wolfman, Mm-hmm. And then there's other ones like them that are a little less known, but also the Mad Monk who is Rasputin. He's he's named Ras, Rastov in the movie or in the book. Okay. But what's interesting is the way the book is written. It's since it's journal entries, it's one for each day of October, and they're about two to three, maybe four pages long each with artwork. So what you can actually do is every day you wake up and you can read two or three pages of this book, and it builds you up to Halloween when actually the the big seance or the big thing happens. So I'm not actually all the way through it. I'm on. Apparently, chapter uh, nine. Actually, I'm on chapter eight. I haven't read. I'll read it tonight. But it was kind of a cool little thing. So I think I'm going to. It's fun. It's very well written, of course. What is it? A Lonesome October? A Night. Or it's called Night in the Lonesome October by Roger Zelazny. Uh, There's no audible book for it. I know. Shit. It wouldn't make sense. It's it's really only like 200 pages. Um, But you can definitely. There is a. There's a version where you can get it on Kindle if you have like Kindle Prime. Mm-hmm. And I bought the hard copy because it was like seven bucks. I'll let you know how it goes. Cool. Well, I got the opportunity to see Joker, and you have not seen it yet. I have not. And Jimmy saw it. And so Jimmy did send in a clip, and I think we'll start off our Joker conversation with him. But just – this is the spoiler time. Jimmy's review is not too spoilery, so if you could probably stick around through his review. I will probably be a little more spoilery because I, I – I've listened to his review, so I can answer some of his questions. But uh, the, the description, in Gotham City, a mentally troubled comedian, Arthur Fleck, embarks on a downward spiral of social revolution and bloody crime. This path brings him face-to-face with his infamous alter ego, the Joker. Hey guys, it's Jimmy, and I wanted to give you a quick review of Joker. While I am not here, I am currently in London, so hopefully these two fools are behaving themselves. The movie Joker, directed by Todd Phillips, came out this year. It stars Joaquin Phoenix and also stars Zazie Beetz. You may remember her as Domino from the movie Deadpool. Getting real, uh, you know, deep into this movie is is not something I'm going to do because I have limited time. However, I wanted to give you my thoughts on this dark new addition to the Joker mythos. I thought this was a a really, really good origin story for Joker, uh, which I believe is is deserved. It's very much a story about a man who's been failed by society, by his family, by his mother, by the system, a man with mental illness. The movie takes place, I want to say, late 70s, early 80s. A lot of the programs that we have now were not in place for people with mental illness. In no way am I defending the crimes that the Joker character commits in the film, but it does give you a connection to Arthur Fleck, the troubled man at the center of the movie. There is a bit of tie-in to the Batman universe. Yes, that was the big question I had going into it. Now, I'm not too sure if this Joker character is going to continue with the Robert Pattinson storyline. If one of you guys know better than I do, you know, definitely. Uh, that's a question I have. Joker does meet a young Bruce Wayne in this. They do have a brief interaction, and we do see a little bit of Bruce Wayne's parents in this as well. So... Hopefully that's not too much of a spoiler, but the movie is centered on Arthur Fleck, the character who we know as Joker. Joaquin Phoenix does an incredible job, I think, of portraying a man who cannot stifle his laughter when confronted with tense or terse situations. He has to give a card out to people explaining why he is laughing during intense moments. This gets him into some trouble and causes a lot of the the pain that he has to endure. It's a dangerous role. We um, saw what happened with, you know, Heath Ledger playing the Joker, just a, a sociopathic 
you know, person suffering from psychosis and perhaps multiple personalities. Joaquin Phoenix lost a, a lot of weight for this role, I believe. He's nothing but muscle and bone. The movie um, does also have a couple of characters from True Detective Season 1, notably the tent revival preacher and the big bad himself are in this movie. I thought that was very interesting. So, guys, I would definitely check it out as far as where you should see it. I don't think you'd be doing yourself a disservice if you saw it in the theater. Certainly, it was it was gripping and captivating, and um, my my theater experience on this one, which you guys know I'm I'm so big on, was very quiet. Everybody was very engaged. There was a a bit of anxiety in the air, just waiting for that moment when Arthur Fleck's character was finally going to snap. And boy, did he ever! Check it out if you can, see it in the theater, and let me know what you think. Enjoy. One of the questions he asked during his thing was, if this Joker story continues, and I, my guess is going to be no. And that's Well, I've already heard that, that there is not going to be a sequel, that they came out and specifically said that there was not going to be a sequel. Yeah. So one of the things that was very clear about this movie is you could have stripped away the name of the Joker and said it's New York instead of Gotham, and it would have still held up. There was nothing super-powered. There was nothing comic booky to this. In fact, you could... I, I've read a little bit about the director, and he basically said let he got together with some of the people that are in the movie, uh, Joaquin Phoenix and Robert De Niro, and basically said, let's sneak this really highbrow movie of someone like devolving into craziness out and get the funding to do this movie by just basically saying it's a Joker movie. Now it is a good Joker movie. It, it, it totally nails the idea of the Joker. It nails the psychosis of the Joker, but it doesn't have to be a Joker movie. So even if you're like, I hate comic book movies, you don't have to think of it as this. Well, see, and, and to me that seems a little bit dishonest to, I I mean, is, is there stuff in place that actually, other than like the makeup, is there stuff in place that actually makes this a Joker movie, or was that just oh, yeah. something that they did for for um, notoriety sake, or just to no, bring I mean, the it was, audience? It was in? written as it was written as a Joker movie, so it does take place in Gotham. It does feature in very key roles uh, Bruce Wayne and uh, okay. and. Uh, Thomas Wayne. So they definitely show up. It definitely has Arkham. But for example, you know, sometimes a movie will come out mm-hmm. and you'll find out like, oh, it'll say it's based on a book. Like, for example, I remember this with uh, Die Hard 2. When Die Hard 2 was made, it was based on a book called 48 Hours, I okay. think, or 48 Minutes or something like that, which I had read. But they took the plot and then changed the main character to be to, uh, uh, John McClane. Uh, yeah, John McClane, thank you. I almost said John Willis. I'm like that's not right. So they did that, and that's kind of what they did here. But they it, they wrote the story specifically for the Joker, but they weren't constrained to like we need someone to fall into a chemical vat and be all nuts. We need this. Like they made they wanted to make a psychological thriller, mm-hmm. and somehow get a major <laughs> studio to release that and give it the funding. And right. the vehicle for doing that was making it a Joker movie. Now this does not make it any worse of a movie. It's very good. The movie is very influenced, speaking of Scorsese from earlier, it's very influenced by the King of Comedy. Have you seen King of Comedy? Uh, no. It's it's uh, supposed to be a pretty harsh movie. It's an, another early 80s, late 70s movie about, I guess, a guy who wants to go on a talk show and do comedy, and I think he shoots himself on the air. I think it... Oh, my God. Yeah. It's not a real story, but I think... and. Uh, De Niro plays the the main character. Of course, De Niro is also well-known for Taxi Driver, so it's got that Taxi Driver falling down look. Gotham City, from the very beginning, I think one of the opening scenes is that you hear a newscast talking about, like, day 13 of the garbage strike. And Gotham City looks like a scungy, nasty, disgusting place that you would not want to go to. Right. In every other Batman movie, there's always been at least something that you're like, oh, that'd be cool to see. Like these buildings with giant gargoyles or, you know, 
the neon hell of Batman and Robin. There's always something there that was seemed kind of cool. Mm-hmm. In this Gotham City, there you know if you go there, you're going to probably get you're going to get mugged. You're going to probably get stabbed by a like a hypodermic needle laying on the ground. You know it smells like feces. Some vagrant is going to pee on you. Yeah. Oh wait, you I, maybe there is a reason to go. I knew you'd like that. Thank you. Uh, so they did a really good job with making Gotham City look like a terrible place. Uh, the movie, of course, basically just... I'll, I'll try to give some of the key points without ruining too much. It starts off with with uh, the Joker basically getting his ass beat. Uh, well, mm-hmm. he's, he's act, he is a clown. He is doing like the things where he twirls signs for something. Some kids come and beat his ass. Mm-hmm. And then he gets basically in trouble at his work because the sign got broken. It builds from there. He goes to a therapist and the therapist is basically the one keeping him in check, giving him up some updated medicines and things like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, all of this crap going on with the city basically leads to him losing his therapist and losing his meds. He, like he can't see the therapist anymore. He can't get his meds anymore. At the same time, Thomas Wayne is running for mayor to try to do some of this stuff. And he is, and the Joker Arthur in this movie is basically living with his mom. Everything is terrible. His mom is basically makes him bathe her every night. She's obsessed with Thomas Wayne saying like, well, I worked for him in the past and he promised he'd take care of me. Uh, she's played by, uh, uh, Francis Conroy from, uh, well, Six Feet Under, but also you probably know her from uh, American Horror Story. She was the 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 non hot version of the crazy the goat maid. In the house. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So she she's perfect in that role. And basically, what happens is she somehow lets on that maybe the the Joker or Arthur is uh, in his illegitimate son. That while she worked okay. for him as a maid, he slept with her. Um, and they leave that very up in the air. They definitely leave it like, did that really happen? Or is she just also crazy? So everything is kind of crumbling down at once. No meds, all this crazy stuff. Basically, at some point, he's he the Joker, or I keep on calling him the Joker, but he's not at this point. Arthur also has a disease, a like mental mm-hmm. disease that is called, uh, I have wrote the name here. Crazy. That too, but he has... The pseudo-bulbar effect? It's a neurological disease that causes people to laugh during times of stress. So basically, if he gets stressed out, he starts laughing. Uh-huh. So that's why he's, like, giggling, and of course, it causes people to be very uncomfortable, and at a certain point, he's laughing on a subway train, and these three, like, Wall Street dudes come after him and start beating his ass, and he rightfully shoots them, because they are kicking his ass for no reason. Yeah. So it starts off where he's not really a homicidal maniac. Self-defense, makes sense, move on. But, of course, he runs out of there, and it becomes a big story, where these three, uh, uh, Thomas Wayne actually calls, you know, says, this clown killed them, and they're good people, they were part of the the Wayne family, and things just No, they weren't, Thomas, they were terrible people. Yes, exactly. And things start spiraling and spiraling and spiraling, and he's as the movie goes on, he's having more and more delusions because he doesn't have his meds. And then it does come to a conclusion at pretty much where you expect, like this movie did not surprise me at all. Uh huh. Like I know you will say, well, I figured that twist out early on in the movie, but I could have, I could have pretty much told you what the story was going to be without having to see the movie, which is actually Mm -hmm. why I was, maybe hesitant to see the movie. Cause I'm like, well, I kind of know what's going to happen. And it's not cause it's based on the comic. I just, I know what it's based on the movies it's based on. So I understand that there's probably going to be a scene where he's a comedian and gets laughed off the, the stage. I know that he's has a crappy life. I know that he's going to eventually get onto the major uh, show as a comedian and because they're going to be making fun of him, And then he's going to go ape shit. Like it's right. all pretty much in the trailer. Right. But the way it's shot is beautiful. A lot of close-ups there of Joaquin Phoenix. He's pretty much in every shot of the movie for the most part. Uh-huh. There's a few little parts he's not. And he contorts himself, and he's, like, super thin. And he the way he sits, like, he's looks as crazy as possible. Right. 
his laugh is insane. What's so funny? Freak! Joke to you. There was just a little sample of his laugh. The way he walks, even when he's not wearing the big clown shoes, he kind of has that clown shoe walk where he like kicks his feet up. Right. He looks awkward at all times. The there's a scene where you see this like long staircase. And he does a little dance down the staircase when he's first kind of dressed in his Joker costume, and he the way he does that is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like it's just. It's this long staircase, and he's older than us, and if we try to do that dance down the staircase, we would both die. There's no way we would not fall down the stairs. <laughs> um, so, one, I think a lot of people are saying that he's going to be up for an Academy Award for this. I 100% think he should be. I okay. don't, I haven't seen a lot of like award-winning films or award-considered-for-award uh, type films this year, but he definitely needs to be considered for an award. Um, there is a little bit of twists in the middle of the movie that... that uh, I didn't quite catch on to, but it's just, it's just a well-made movie. And, um, there was some controversy that Jimmy also made a little clip about. So here you go. As a quick addendum to my review, I wanted to touch on what the media has portrayed as a movie that promotes apocalyptic or mass violence. I think in no way does this movie encourage that. Um, no more, than any other movie about revolution. It's no more violent than any movie in the theater um, that comes with an R rating. I, I think it's uh, been over sensationalized and, uh, you know, take it for what it's worth. It's a really good origin story of a, a deeply, deeply troubled character. So that was Jimmy talking about the controversy. So yeah, there was a little bit of controversy. People were worried about the violence of the movie. And as Jimmy said, it doesn't really glorify the Joker. There's no one in their right mind already that's going to look at this and be like, I want to live that kind of life. Um, Stupid people will. Yeah, true. There's not a lot of people that are going to look at it and be like, you know, my life is just as crappy as this guy with finding out all the stuff about my past and doing all this stuff. It does, the only thing it does is it, raises his stature up at the end to like the citizens of Gotham Mm -hmm. where they do start idolizing him, but there's no one in the theater that was going to look at it and be like, yeah, that's what I want to be. Speaking of the uh, the theater, it was very interesting film watching. Really? Because one, I saw it at night uh, fairly late and the the movie theater was packed. So I saw it last night at the 11 o'clock showing and there, there was no seats available. Which I thought was very strange. And I had tried to go to the 10.30 showing and that was sold out. Which I went like right on time and I was shocked. Two, I was there alone, just a single guy, seeing this movie where people were like, you know, worried beforehand like that single dudes sitting at this movie are going to like do violent things. No. But there was a part that was legitimately funny. Mm-hmm. And I would have, bah! you know, like completely cracked up if it was in any other movie. But because it happened in this movie, I was like, no one laughed. And then there was a part that oh, was... Oh, see, I, I would have because I'm that guy like in the no theater. One, like, no I'm, one laughed, and it was funny. I'm the guy that would be like, <laughs> and be the only one in the theater laughing. And then there was a part that was dark and disturbing, and everyone laughed. I was like, huh, that's kind of interesting. Uh, the sa- oh, I didn't mention it before, but the sound design on this film was great. The it makes all the gunshots uh-huh. sound not like a movie style gunshot. It sounds like a real gunshot. Um, I, so yeah, I suggest seeing it. I suggest seeing it in the theater. And uh, I don't know if I ever need to see it again because I you definitely leave the movie feeling like you need to shower. Ew. But it was it was worth seeing. Rob, it's that time. Is it that time? Yep. It is time to go back to 1986 to the future. Yes. We're going back to the future. No. Well, the, was that 86 or was that 87? That was 86. It was 85. It was 85. Well, no, we're going back to 1986. We're going to watch a movie or talk about a movie that asks, what if the ED-209 was a mall security officer and looked lame instead the of the ED-209? 
Yeah. From that's the thing from Robocop. With the big guns on the side. Oh. See, that wasn't the comparison I made when we saw the movie. What did you think it looked like? I thought it was I thought it was almost a direct ripoff. In fact, I had to look it up just to see when they came out, but I thought it was a direct ripoff of Johnny Five. Oh, uh, no. Came out before. Mm-mm. They were both released in eighty six. Huh. Interesting. Well, we are talking about the movie Chopping Mall. We are. Here's a little breakdown of the plot for you guys. A group of young shopping mall employees stay late for a night party in one of the stores. When one of the mall when the mall goes on lockdown before they can get out, the robot security system malfunctions and goes on a killing spree. Ooh. This film, directed by Jim Winorski, uh, who just finished a movie called Cobra Gator, by the way. <laughs> Cobra Gator. <laughs> And stars, honestly, there's a long list of people and none of which I've ever heard of again, but you can look it up on IMDb because I'm not going to list a bunch of names, but Kelly Marudi is in it and she's good. This movie was ridiculous. Rob, have you, had you ever seen Chopping Mall? I had not. This was, this was a first for me and I actually, it was kind of enjoyable. It was, it was an enjoyable piece of garbage that I thoroughly enjoyed getting dirty in. Yeah, I saw this movie for the first time about a year ago. I got Shudder, and I was looking for something to watch. I wanted something ridiculous. And I had remembered seeing the poster or the, the VHS box in one of the VHS stores in at Polo Club shops, actually. <laughs> that little VH, they had a little rental store there. Awesome. And I remember, I remember seeing this shopping bag with, like, a robot arm holding it full of, like, dismembered body parts. And I was like, what is this movie about? I had absolutely no idea that it was going to be about robots or anything like that at first right. i watched it and i was like oh this is about killer robots sweet <clears throat> sweet uh this and it was enjoyable it was fun it was definitely a throwback to the era uh, the movie was originally called Killbots because the robots are called Killbots. and basically what happens is they get struck by lightning just like short circuit and they go from being just security robots that nicely ask you to leave to brutal vicious killers that want to murder anyone that crosses them in the mall mm-hmm. or is in the mall when they're not supposed to be. Uh, it did not do very well in the theaters as name as the movie named Killbots. Uh, it was released in March of 1986. It didn't do very well. And I, everyone thought that it was possibly because people associated it with GoBots and or Transformers and thought that maybe it was a kid's movie. Yeah. That would have been, been interesting to explain. So it was really re-released as Chopping Mall on VHS and it did really well. So... How 80s was this movie for you, Rob? <laughs> this movie was super 80s. Super 80s. A lot of, lot of feathered hair. A lot of... Like, There's a G.I. Joe toy in one of the stores. Oh, yeah. You almost creamed yourself, didn't you? I did. I, I was very excited about that. I was like, it's a dragonfly. I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> that It, it had a, a mall that actually had a furniture store in it, which I don't... Recall, I remember there being furniture sections, but not a furniture store. I believe, well, there there definitely have been furniture stores in malls. I don't know yeah. when they actually started, but I want to say that that just from the look of it, that it was something that did happen. Yeah, one of the cutaway scenes when they were, when they introduce you to characters, they cut to the scene and the guy, the character that was worried about work. One of his things was that he was very concerned that he couldn't get he couldn't find the fuchsia fabric for Mrs. Johansson or whatever her name was. Uh huh. And I was like, fuchsia. Fa-. So yeah, that was there was that was eighties in itself. Just the idea of fuchsia fabric. Uh, the robots were ridiculous looking. Well, and my first question is: is what kind of town do these people live in that the mall decides they need to have three robotic guardians? That's I thought that too, and I, the technology associated with these robots I've, i don't remember all the weapons they had they had like a taser a yep. claw that could puncture things they had laser eyes like cyclops yeah and and that was never mentioned in the walkthrough by the way when they were showing the robots to the people at the at the meet and greet or whatever the mm-hmm. hell it was they were like that nobody ever said oh yeah by the way they shoot lasers out of their eyes and they can kill you yeah and like one nobody, of them was like, said nothing you know, and the, the one person's like i should get that for my store like so this robot, I would if you were actually making these things for the military, it would be probably more expensive than the entire cost of everything at that mall, including the mall itself. So yes. having three of them at the mall just guarding like the KB toys, probably overkill. 
in more ways than one. <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah. Like protecting that little dog that barked and then did backflips that they always had out front of KB. So the robots that they actually made for the movie, they remote control, kind of ridiculous looking. They used, they actually used for the claws, the little plastic toys that kids have where you squeeze the handle and the claw opens and closes. And you mentioned short circuit and it's true that it is, it does seem like short circuit, except it's kind of the direct opposite of short circuit. Yeah. They turn into killer monsters instead of friendly little jovial. Oh, let's learn about human culture robots. Yeah, exactly. And the characters in the movie were like right out of the book of 80s movies or like any 80s horror movie. The the jocks trying to get laid, the nerdy friend, the innocent girl, the not-so-innocent girl, and, of course, the hanging out someplace you're not supposed to be, which is where you, of course, get get super murdered. And, of course, get getting together and, oddly enough, deciding to have lots and lots of sex. With and then friend. the random newlywed couple. Yeah. What, what was their role? Uh, newly dead couple? I don't know. So other which, other than providing a spectacular view in her underwear, I don't know that they really had any other role. I mean, because yeah. because they, their their part in this was re- I mean, they weren't like they weren't like friends with the kids. At least that's not what I got. It was like they yeah. were just going to this party to hook up and have a baby. And if they so were like, and if they were really wed and they I don't know why they wouldn't just party at home. No, well, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, yeah. why Why are you going to this party to get drunk and hook up? You can do at, that at home. At a furniture store, mind you. It's not like they're right. partying at any place interesting. It's a furniture store with just different beds. It's not like they're hiding from their parents there. Exactly. And, yeah, Scorsese would have not liked this movie because all of these people were supposedly friends or knew each other in some way. But as they were getting killed one by one by the killbots, uh, they didn't seem to have many emotions. At first, I think the only scene of emotion was the the one guy getting angry, like "Why did you do this?" Like I think when his after his wife got zapped. Uh, what, what did you think of the kills? Speaking of killbots, I thought some of them were a little ridiculous. Go on. Well, the the robots grabbing the throats and like tearing the throats out. I mean, all right, I get the guy sitting down where it pokes through the paper and surprises him. Mm-hmm. That but, was the first bill, I think. Yeah, yeah, that was that was the very first one. But the um, the one with the guy at the cigarette machine, <laughs> where he says, "That's uh, Mike, I believe." Yes. Uh, when the robot comes up to him and asks for his ID card. Yeah. Which is weird because it didn't do it with others, but he says, "Klaatu Barada Nikdu." Yeah, he does. That was great. Of course, from the day that are stood still amongst other movies, but it was the words needed to deactivate the giant robot court. So clearly a little the, bit. Of wait, 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 no, 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 no. Back up. The Klaatu Verata Niktu is from the day the earth stood still? That's where it came from. Yeah. 1951. Really? Yeah. That's the, that was the secret words that you had to turn off the robot court before he destroyed everything. And then it was off, it was referenced in other movies, of course. Okay. What would it, what do you know it specifically from? Army of Darkness. Oh, okay. Which, yeah. Klaatu, Verata, Niktu. Yeah. That, was the, okay, that well, was the incantation. Gotcha. Well, the people that made Army of Darkness were big-time film buffs. buffs. I said butts. <laughs> yeah, you did. Butt-guesting. Yes. They were big-time film buffs, and so they that explains why they put that in there. Yeah, so the the, guess, the, uh, the cigarette one, I thought the girl running and getting zapped in her butt a few times with the laser when we first realized that they had lasers was kind of funny because zap, zap, zap. She runs away. She's like, Oh, ow, ow, ow. She stops to get in, try to get in the store. And then a laser hits her in her head and blows it up. It's like, Whoa, that was stronger than I expected. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, surprise. That was probably the most entertaining kill. Yeah. Uh, and there was taser kills and, but that was, that was oddly reminiscent of like, because I keep thinking of, I don't remember which movie it was, but like the movie that spoofs the kill where, you know, they, they've got the thing where the guy's like going, ah, and it's a close up and the thing is uh, kind of slowly marching towards him. And he goes, they flash back to him, ah, and it's slowly marching towards him and flash back. And he's like, all right, what is going on here? Because it takes like three years for the machine to get to him. Oh, oh, oh. yeah. That was an Austin Powers, wasn't it? I think it was. I, I think it's been in a couple of movies, honestly. Yeah. I think Austin Powers had the one with the, uh, the steamroller and then yeah 
Anyway, so robots go nuts. People are locked in the mall. By the way, this mall that you mentioned in this town also mm-hmm. had steel doors that would come down at night. Yeah, like freaking blast shields. Yeah, not just those roll-down chain things that, they, that you're used to at the mall. This had actual steel doors. That they so, again, what kind of city was this mall in? Jesus. Right? Detroit? Apparently. Uh, it was filmed in the Sherman Oaks Galleria, which I think I've been to. Uh, and then while they were filming it, they were also filming the movie Commando. So there are some crossover points where you can be like, oh, that's the the, ex- that the, the uh, escalator that uh, Schwarzenegger did Commando-like things on. Uh, he did Commando things to it. Yep. And then the people, after mostly getting picked off, which looking at the robots, they didn't look all that scary. You could look like you could just push them over, although they did prove that you couldn't just push them over because they pop back up. They did end up coming back we the the humans finally decided to rise up against the robot overlords and started killing them and started taking them down and the the ways that they robots went down there's what one of them got i don't remember how they got rid of them the first one that officially got killed i think was the one that was blown up in the elevator shaft okay yeah so one of them they poured gasoline on they had shot them they they went to the apparently the world's best sporting goods store and got like ak-47s and shit (laughs) yeah and and then the girls got, like, cans of gasoline. I don't know any mall that ever sold, like, cans of gasoline. Yeah, and there's, like, a propane tank that they threw and shot, and it blew up one of them. It, that one just shrugged it off. But then they lit one of them on fire with gasoline. One of them, I think, got electrocuted? The, the um, no, what happened was, okay, so the first the first one that officially got killed, because they, they, they thought they had killed one, but it repaired itself or whatever the hell it did. It came back. The, the first one that officially got killed was the one that they got into the elevator and then dropped the elevator on it. So they, yeah. they blew up the controls. The elevator dropped down like two or three stories and crushed it. So that one got killed. Then the second one that got killed, it was shooting at them and they used mirrors to reflect the lasers back at it. And it basically lasered itself and then kind of short circuited and was spinning around in a circle. And then they ran a cart into it and then he died and he was replaced with a very obvious plastic dummy. And, and then the third one was the one that she blew up in the, in the store because apparently paint is flammable. Yes. Uh, that's what it was. Yeah. So then yeah, that's about it. Uh, Chopping Mall. I, I had a good time watching it. I very much enjoyed. Oh, it was it. it was a super fun watch. Honestly, get a couple of friends together, have some drinks, and watch this movie. It's great. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the reasons why I picked this movie was because of Marty the Robot. Uh, did we talk about Marty the Robot on the show? Do you remember? Do you know who Marty the Robot is? I don't remember Marty the Robot. So Marty the Robot is a robot that earlier this year, probably around uh, February of this year, that Stop and Shop. Uh, I'll say hired, but put to use in 200 of its stores. And it is a robot that goes around the store and does stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of doesn't really look entirely like a robot. It's uh, It almost looks like, you know, when you're at Target or Walmart and they have the price scanner thing that's on mm-hmm. like that long pole. Right. And it has the little like cutout where the scanner is. It kind of looks like that. So it's basically a post on wheels. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll determine where there's where there's messes, it's going to determine where, you know, if something needs to be restocked and it goes around the store, they decided to put giant googly eyes on it because people were a little freaked out by this thing moving around. Mm-hmm. And when I, I had seen the movie, I saw the story about Marty, the robot. And I'm like, Ooh, shopping mall is coming true. Mm. <laughs> so there's 200 stop and shop stores with Marty, the robot, and they have yet to go rogue and kill anyone yet, but I'm waiting. Well, I, I don't think they've gotten the laser eye upgrade yet, though. That's true. That's true. It's probably killed a few jobs. Probably. But for the most part, yeah, stupid Marty the Robot. I will punch a Marty the Robot in the face. Although, actually, when they first got brought out, there were people beating up Marty the Robot. Really? I yeah. I don't see the point of it. Like, I honestly don't, but it's sort of unrelated. Like, what's... There's never been any time that I've been in a grocery store that I would that I ever thought, you know what would be better? You know what would make this experience better if there was a robot wandering around? It's well in that case it's kind of seems like it's technology for the sake of technology. Yeah. Like, like so that they can go, "Ooh, look at us. Look what we've got." And it's like, yeah. just so what? What does it actually do? It doesn't really do anything for you. Watch what happens is like they're going to put one in our local Publix and it's going to make me a sub sandwich and I'm going to like fall in love with one. Mhm. 
but I mean, because from the sounds of it, it doesn't even sound like it cleans up the mess. No, it's it, like it just. Oh, here's a mess. Up. We need. I to, think we it need to goes, clean it. I think it goes to the mess and stops and like activates a siren or like a light or something. <laughs> Jesus, so that no one like slips over it or something. <laughs> Go. It goes to the mess and then all of a sudden you just hear the woo woo. <laughs> It's like, oh my god, what is that? <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> now it begins. It's going to start lasering people. Uh, so, okay, let's let's uh, close out here, Rob. The question we always ask: Shop Chopping Mall. Should they try to remake it? Should they update it? God, I think it's all. I mean, I feel like it's something that I've seen before. I feel like this is something yeah. that's already been remade. So, I mean. Does it need a remake? No. Is it a story that I think I've already seen? Yeah. And will they continue to make it? Yeah. It, yeah. It's going to continue to pop up. And I'll continue to go see it. I mean, it's... Well, I may not go to see it. I, maybe I'll rent it, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of my thought. I mean, the robots could look better. The... Right. I mean, honestly, there's more likely to be robots killing a bunch of people in a mall than there is to be a mall these days. Malls are not exactly. Makes me, I, I was a mall rat. I, oops, I was a. I was into malls, so it does make me. It did make me a little sad to see all like these people partying in a mall, and I was like, ah, oh, I used to kind of do that. It, not after hours, but back yeah. when I was a kid. Yeah, I used to hang out at at the Barnes and Noble and the Spencer's Gifts, and you know, you'd go to the the naughty section of the back of Spencer's Gifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, edible underwear. Ooh. So, yeah, I I don't know if I don't know if they remake it if they would do should do the same plot kind of situation, but maybe do some sort of twist where you think it's the robots killing someone and it's like a janitor. Mm-hmm. But it was fun. It I was. think it would. Now, now you took a crap load of notes. Was that was that really? All, did you hit all the notes that you had written down? Um, a lot of my notes. I can I can read some of them. Um. There, uh, there, oh, uh, yeah. So some of the things I did mention was that there were random bikini girls just in the running, mall, just running through my, the mall. My mall did not have a lot of bikini girls. Did yours? We had, the same, we had the same mall. So no, I know that might've been the Boynton beach mall. That one would have most likely had random bikini girls. Our mall just had like old people jogging. Yeah. Um, the, I did mark down the number of kills. I believe it ended up with 10 kills. That's one of the things I, I made notes on. Okay. Um, there was Mr. Futterman. A, yep, yep. There was the uh, lost child in the lingerie section that they announced on the intercom. Said we have a lost child in lingerie, answering to the name of Steve, which I thought was kind of funny for certain Steve. reasons. <laughs> yeah, because one of my arch nemesis is named Steve. Nemesis is named Steve. Nemesis. Uh, yeah, there was nemesis. a character named the nerd character was named Greg, which I was hurt. Which was too. awesome. Yeah, and everyone's like, "Come on, Greg, you're such a nerd." <laughs> Fuck you. The store, one of the stores that they showed, I believe it was called MGA. It was the most 80s store ever in the fact that every single thing in the store was pink. And maybe we should talk about that chef at the beginning in the, in the store, in the food court store. Remember him? Oh my God. At the pizza place? Yes. Holy crap. Wearing that in, chef at the pizza place wearing a shirt that looks like he's like been changing oil in it and shit. Yeah, it looked like what? like he had been rolling around in like pig feces before he went to work because it was a pizza place. So you would assume that his apron would be covered in red. Maybe it was yeah, covered or, in like, or dough or like flour or something. Yeah, it was covered in like black, nasty brown, like oily schmuckus. I was, it was like, disgusting. what in the hell? And they did it on purpose. It was kind of like Barf from uh, You Can't Do That on Television, mm-hmm. where he was, and he was like rubbing his hands on it before he taking orders and making pizza. And it was like, ugh. And he, and, and at one point, he actually picked up one of the spatulas and just like wiped it across his chest. Yep. Yeah, which is like, actually scarier to me than anything actually in the movie. Yeah. So, yeah, I did that. Uh, let's see what other notes I took here. Uh, oh, yes. One of my, one of the, here, here's a little bit of, of a wonderful line from the movie. I guess I'm not used to being chased around a mall by at night by killer robots that the guy said totally like straight. Well then what the fuck are you doing with your life? Yeah. Like who here hasn't been chased around a mall at night by killer robots? 
Uh, there was a sequence shot in the pet store, which I was a little worried because there was these like very confused looking puppies and mm-hmm. kittens and stuff in the back, like looking out like, of their pocket as they were filming. And as I said before, it was filmed in the uh, uh, Sherman Oaks Galleria, but they didn't have enough money to shoot during the day because they couldn't like wall anything off. So they would they were shooting everything after the close of business. So you can like definitely tell that like they casually would shut down the store and these puppies and kittens were like, "Ooh, feed me, <laughs> take me What's out." What's going on? Yeah. yeah. And, and the, um, then of course when the robot came in and knocked over the snakes and the spiders and shit, <laughs> and they all just made a beeline for the girl who was laying on the ground in it's the like, corner. Yeah, the girl hides underneath these cages. They're like aquariums or something. And the robot comes in and is looking around. I guess the robots didn't have infrared. They had killer death lasers, but they couldn't see through anything or recognize people if they weren't moving. Right. But it knocks over all these, these cages of, of, of spiders and snakes. Tarantulas and snakes and shit. And, and so she's laying there. And she's laying probably like eight feet away, right? Yeah. And she's and the snakes move. and spiders all just make a beeline for her. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then, they of course, the when she gets up and shakes them off, they are very obviously plastic spiders. Yeah. Which goes with the plastic mannequin that they clearly stole from a store to use for one of the bodies laying on the ground. They totally did. Because they didn't want an actor so close to the robot while it was quote-unquote, exploding. So they they literally laid down a mannequin with perfectly plastic hair, and you can tell it is a mannequin. Mm-hmm. There There is no no question as to whether or not it's a mannequin or whatever. It Like, like they didn't even friggin' try. They're like, eh, nobody will notice here. Yeah, the hair is sculpted. It's not even a wig. It's just right. Like, you can practically see the joints. I was like, what the fuck? I even made you rewind it. I was like, oh my God, did you see that? That was a mannequin. <laughs> yeah, so it uh, it was a fun movie to watch. It's on Shutter, Like I said, you can find it just about anywhere. Um, I would suggest it for Halloween. It's a, it's fun. It's, it, it is a fun movie. I mean, watch it with some friends. Have a, have a few drinks. And it does lead to our question of the week. Oh, and Jimmy's going to be mad he missed this question because this is a great question. Yeah. So Rob posed the question about halfway through the movie. He's like, he like perked up. He's like, ding. Should we do this as the question? And you're like, you're damn right we will. So what's the question? <laughs> the question is, give me your top five robots from the 80s. Okay. So one of our, we did decide a couple things. Let's, let's talk this out here. Let's break out the rules because okay. th- there was some discussion involved here. So one of the things is I think we decided R2-D2 and C-3PO are out because, one, they were introduced in the 70s, and we just took Star Wars off the table. Yeah, well, I, I just went ahead and and didn't include them because they were established in the 70s, even though they did have movies in the 80s. Yeah. I, I was just like, you know what? They were established in the 70s, and they're going to be on everybody's lists if we let them, if we let them into the listing. So yeah. we just eliminated them from the list altogether. Yes. And then I was using the term Android, but it turned out we, the term I was looking for was cyborg. And we also decided to take cyborgs off the list. So that is something that was human that was then turned into a robot. As well as androids. Androids are off the list too. Okay. So here is my list. As per usual, I will throw in a honorary mention. Okay. And this was actually given to me by one of my students. Ooh. So a, so a 19 or 20 year old, I don't know how old he is. Knew this robot. He said, I asked the class the other day, what are the best robots from the 80s? Just to see what they would say. And one of them said, oh, that robot from Rocky Four. I was like, yep. oh, shit, I forgot about that one. And it turned out that robot from Rocky Four's name was Seiko, S-I-C-O. Yep. And he was actually developed to help autistic children. He's a yep. real robot. He is a real robot. It's kind of cool. And that was actually one of the first robots I thought of. Yeah. I forgot about that one. But my number five, I'm going to go with Max from Flight of the Navigator. Excellent choice. Excellent. Yeah. Max is funny, and I kind of got the personality of the kid. And then I'm going to go to something very similar to C-3PO, and that is Dot Matrix. Oh, you bastard. From the Space Balls. Yep. This is going to be a little controversial because he's further down the list than most would think, but Optimus Prime. Optimus Prime, and that and that is... Number three? Is number three. A lot of people, I think, would put Optimus Prime at one. But remember, this is from movies we've mentioned, I think, right? We said five best 80s movie robots. And Optimus Prime didn't do so well in the Transformers movie as a robot. Well, well, I mean, they're 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 came back, so Yeah, yeah. But then the robot that, in many cases, would have been my first. 
but not this case. Johnny Five is alive and number two on my list because that was I loved that movie. That was one of my mm-hmm. favorite movies for a while, and it was also the soundtrack was one of my first ever albums that I bought. And I used to do a pretty good uh, racially inappropriate uh, version of the uh, Indian guy from the movie. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Uh, but my number one, I have not been shy about my love for Terminator 2, but also Terminator. The T-100 is my number one. And that can be – you can either say that's the one with the skin on it or the skin off because I like the exit version. I will allow that one because I do – after thinking about it, I don't consider that really an android simply because the the external there, there wasn't any like synthetic stuff on the inside that made it act yeah, not, or seem human. It was more a robot with a skin on top of it so that it could hide. Yeah, it was like it was wearing skin clothes. Right. Kind of like I do when I know no one's watching. I... <laughs> This is the yeah. one that was the one good time with having the camera on Rob while recording because I saw him shake his head as I said that. Well, I, I wanted I wanted to say the line from Silence of the Lambs, but uh, I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Rob. It puts the lotion on its skin. I meant your list. <laughs> no, I know that wasn't the line I was gonna say. Oh, okay. Um Well, our lists are very similar. Okay. I think I have one different one than you do. But my honorable mention is going to be th- these are all robots that I loved when I was watching the movie. So these are all ones that I remembered. My my honorable mention is going to be the little adorable robots from the movie Battery is not included. Oh uh, yeah. You mentioned that movie before. Yeah, they, have you not seen it? <sighs> it's been a while. I I saw it as one of those, like, I think I saw it when I was in school or something like that. Okay, you know, I was like, going to say, because if you haven't seen it, that may be my next movie pick from the 80s. No, I've seen it. But the the honorable mention is going to be Batteries Not Included. At number five, and I really wanted to put her higher, but at number five, I've got Dot Matrix from Spaceballs. At number four, a movie that I watched a lot, I think it was a Disney Sunday Night movie at one point, Fly to the Navigator, and that's Max. Mm-hmm. Max from Fly to the Navigator was fantastic. Loved him. At number three, and this is one that this is this is my variation from you. At number three, I've got TikTok. Who's that? Is that the owl? No, TikTok from Return to Oz. Oh yeah, that movie freaked me the fuck out. I remembered TikTok. I loved TikTok. At number two, and it pained me to do this, but at number two, I've got Optimus Prime, which means that my number one slot. Gets awarded to Johnny Five. Your number one slot. Anyone else said that it wouldn't have sounded dirty. You say it, and I picture you totally dirty providing your number one slot to some dude named Johnny Five. Absolutely. Outside of like a strip club somewhere. Not comfortable with that. So Not that's that list. that's my list. I mean, I I was having trouble narrowing it down because I'm I'm like coming up with all kinds of stuff. I'm like, oh, oh my god, yeah. There's that, and then there's that. I mean, because because Clunky came up. Um, but Clunky wasn't from a movie. Clunky was from a TV show. Hmm. That that was his name, right? Clunky from Pee Wee Herman's Playhouse. Uh, Clanky, Clanky, or Conky? No, it's Conky. Conky, yeah, whatever. And then of course the the owl from yeah, Bubo, Bubo from Clash of the Titans, the mechanical owl. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that came up was oh, did you ever see the movie Runaway? Uh, uh-uh. with Tom Selleck no. about the the killer robot spiders. How have I missed this movie my entire life? <laughs> I don't know, but it's one that I remember. And it, it, it's probably totally hokey going back now, but it was a big budget theater film in the eighties. And that may be one we need to watch. Yeah. I've not, I've not heard of it. Interesting. Yes, it's called runaway. Huh? Okay. I remember seeing it and I remembered the mechanical spiders and I was like, Oh Yes. Nice. Well, guys, let us know your picks. Uh, yes, this is a super fun list. If if you guys want to send us your your list, in, we'll be more than happy to include them in the next in the next episode. Yeah, you you know how to reach us. You can do the uh, the twittering, give me five pod, the give me five podcast at gmail.com, All that contact stuff that Rob will tell us later. But first, I'm angry about something, Rob. 
Oh my God! We haven't done a rant. Jimmy did a rant last week, and what is it now? I had had this rant for a while since like the first week of the football season, but we did our hundredth episode and all this other stuff. It's something that I find to be kind of annoying, and I don't mm-hmm. mean it kind of annoying to adults because whatever, it's just sports. Mm-hmm. But it drives me nuts when I'm watching a sports event and a team is losing, and they put the camera on some little kid crying. And I know it's a stupid thing. But this is the era of memes, mm-hmm. and you are getting people, even, and I say kids, but it could be a teenager, it could be even a college kid, whatever. Like me, I'm pretty stoic at games now, because mm-hmm. I've seen it all, and I'm like, whatever. But if someone is at their, like, most, like, emotional moment, and some cameraman decides to stick the camera in their face on something that's going to be broadcast all over the place. Without them knowing. Without them knowing. Like, and I will, I am a Steelers fan, but... The one I remember very clearly is the crying Bengals girl, where, in fact, if you start typing crying and then you type a B into Google, she will most likely pop up. She has a good sense of humor about it. But when the Bengals were actually going to win their first playoff game in many, many years, and then Vontaze Perfect decided to Vontaze Perfect and basically, like, destroy Antonio Brown, possibly permanently based on his activities recently. Mm-hmm. They showed her in the and they ended up getting a penalty and the Steelers got the ball. I went down and scored. Blah blah blah. And they showed her in the stands crying uncontrollably, making her a joke amongst football fans and the Steelers nation. I just don't. It doesn't sit well with me. People go pay to go see a game and enjoy the entertainment, and I don't want to become a meme. I don't want to go mm-hmm. to work the, the next day and have people like, "Oh, you looked upset." And I definitely don't want that to happen to my kids. So I really wish they just wouldn't do it. There's enough crap to show on the sidelines without showing people like sad. And you can, you can find super fans that don't care too. If like someone's dressed as a freaking Raider Mad Max beyond Thunderdome with like pads and silver face paint, they don't care. But if it's some kid wearing a, like a dolphin shirt and you decide to put your camera on them just to get their reaction, Mm -hmm. it doesn't sit well with me. I'm not happy with that. So that's my rant. I'm out. Marcus out. Yeah. So, as always, guys, you can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at Give Me Five Pod. You can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five Podcast, or you can email us directly, Give Me Five Podcast at gmail.com. And as always, guys, please, please help us out. Leave us a review. Let us know what you thought of the show. Reach out and talk to us. It really helps us stand out from the crowd. It helps other people find us, and it just keeps us going. Uh, yeah. Good, uh, good afternoon. Good evening. Good night. Good riddance or whatever Jimmy says. Good God. Yes. It's the final countdown. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at the crying bangle lady.